welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leland McRae. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Yak Sports Podcast. I'm Joe Deck, Leland McRae. With me, as usual, we had a lot. We have a lot to talk about this week because a lot happened over the weekend, including the kickoff of college football. But Leland, let's start local. Let's start with high school. And let's start with maybe the biggest statement issued of the weekend, which was Wilson Memorial rolling up Monticello. We said how big of a game this was for Wilson because we needed to know what Wilson is. And their opener got uh, delayed due to COVID. So you and I had both said last week we were kind of nervous about how this would go for Wilson because it's going to be their first game. It's not what we thought would be an easy game. And Wilson went out there and made it look pretty easy. Uh, they rolled over Monticello, final score of 39 to 7. And it kind of puts Wilson Memorial square in that group of teams right behind Riverheads and Draft, I think, still. But I think they're the top team there instead of maybe yeah. in the middle of the pack. Yeah. And I think that's pairing, pairing that logic with knowing that Gap lost. We'll talk more about that in a second. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think it. It puts clearly Wilson kind of in that third spot, hoping to knock off somebody ahead of them. Uh, and they still got to play the games and still going to have to beat Gap. But I think if those two teams played this week, I'd pick Wilson based mm-hmm. on what I've the scores that I've seen. So, um, yeah, I, I'm happy for them to kind of have this success. You, you worry about a team starting a week late when they're kind of ready to go that week before. Uh, I think if it's just if you just have a first week bye, it's a little different. But you know, just that anticipation and then disappointment and they didn't even get any scrimmages in. I, and I hadn't realized that I know I didn't see any on the schedule, but then reading the article in the paper today, you know, or this weekend, it said they didn't even get any scrimmages in because one cause of weather one cause of COVID. So, you know, Noah Campbell came out hot. He had two first half touchdowns of 50 plus yards. Um, you know, only had four carries in the game, but 117 yards and those two touchdowns. So he had a heck of a game and, and, and they, accomplished all this on the ground. I mean, 341 of their 417 yards were all on the ground. So, you know, in the Shenandoah district, that's what we're used to seeing. Um, and that's not a bad thing. You know, there's, there's plenty of success in the Shenandoah district uh, if you can run the ball well. And, uh, you know, there was um, a touchdown pass um, from Podgroski. And uh, I never said the name right, so apologies to him or his family listening. But, um he threw a touchdown pass. So that tells me he's capable. Um, and, and that's that it's what we talk about, even with riverheads, you know, having to have that threat of a, of a dual threat offense. And, uh, you know, I don't think Monticello is some bottom of the pile team. I, you know, they're not, they're not top dog, but, um, I think they're a solid well-run program. And I think a, a big win over them means positive things. And, you know, it doesn't get any easier. Next week they get Rockbridge County, and, you know, it's another measure-and-stick game, right, right, two in a row to start the season. But, hey, they're trying to make noise in the Region 3C playoffs and beating teams like Monticello and seeing how you match up against Rockbridge is going to tell you pretty quick. Yeah, Rockbridge would worry me a little bit still if I'm hey, Wilson. But, but, yeah. I, if, they're, if they're 30 points better than Monticello, then I, I, I'm, not, I'm not scared for them playing Rockbridge. I mean, I think it, that should be a good game. I, I I don't know, man. I, I think we get to pick games this week. We're going to be on the radio this week. I, I, at this point, I, I don't know, man. Rockbridge is uh, one and one. They barely beat a Perry McClure team that I saw get rocked by Riverheads this week. Like, I, I don't know, man. I, yeah, I, maybe. That's a good point. I don't know. 
Uh, I'm eager to see. I'm eager to see Wilson play everybody now. Uh, yeah. They play Riverheads. Uh, well, you know, before they play draft, they play in back-to-back weeks. Wilson has to face Riverheads and then Stewart's draft. I mean, that's just the hardest part of their district schedule for sure. Um, and that's week eight, nine, so middle of October. You know, that's that's where they're going to play the toughest test of the of the Shenandoah district season. Um, yeah, I, it'll be interesting. I'm I'm interested to see all those matchups now. I mean, you still have Western Albemarle ahead on the schedule right in the middle of the season there at week six. I mean, that's that's a very tough opponent there, but that, hmm. Spotswood seems to be down. I think we were giving Spotswood credit before the season, but I think the ceiling, you know, beating Monticello by 30 makes me kind of bump that ceiling a game maybe, uh, you know? I don't know where we had them before. I can't I can't remember, but I'm, I'm optimistic. I think we had them as the third best team in the Shenandoah, but like, just I think we had them like near five, you know six and four or something. Yeah, and they might be seven I, and three. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, exactly. I think we just <laughs> we we just said it a different way. Like now, maybe seven wins. You know, so yeah. So let's talk about Buffalo Gap because that was the other kind of big uh, statement that was made this weekend, and unfortunately, it was not a good statement for Buffalo Gap. They they were in the game. It was very close, but oh, they yeah. come up just short. They lose thirteen to twelve. Kind of the opposite of last year, right? Where it was a good game, it was very close, and Buffalo Gap ends up coming out on top last year. Well, this they, year they kicked a field goal to win the game, and then this year they they don't they don't have anybody to kick. Yeah, and so they, so they lose thirteen to twelve. And um, yeah, I I just this is kind of the game where you and I both said if Buffalo Gap is going to be a team that is going to threaten people in the Shenandoah district, and you kind of I think you had said coming into this week that. You, you weren't ready to just say it's Riverheads, and then automatically Stewart's draft second. Like you think Stewart's draft might have work to do to prove that. Well, I think this rules Buffalo Gap out of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's hard to argue that uh, they. I from the highlights I saw of Loray, just with the speed and size that I didn't see on the, the video highlights. Which you know, what does that really judge? I. I was hoping Gap could could beat Loray and kind of be above that. So I I'm just not as optimistic for Gap as I was. I I they're having they don't have a big roster out there this year. I'm I'm kind of surprised. Um, Gap has been one of those more consistent programs over the last twenty plus years. Of you know if anybody's going to win, <laughs> it seems like they're one of them. You know we we obviously Riverheads is a constant, but you know Gap and Draft fairly fairly constant otherwise honestly gap you know i probably has more playoff years than than draft over that time something close i i'm not i'm not trying to (laughs) rank them right now like that i just you know gap as is as consistent as any other program in the area and um other than riverhead so i i'm just kind of surprised they don't have better numbers out there i'm surprised they can't pick up a kicker (laughs) from the soccer team to do some kicking it's been like this for eight years now and it's spanned you know, at least two head coaches now. I'm just surprised they can't get somebody out there to put extra points there to get those easy points. Because I've called games where it seems to have impacted the game, and this one, obviously, it impacted the game, not not having the ability to just put one point on the scoreboard when you need it. So, I mean, a lot to play worse still for Gap. And, and you know, hey, you beat one game that we're probably thinking that they can't win right now. Um you know, you're right back in the mix of it. But, you know, it's going to come down to that Wilson game. They're going to they're gonna have to prove it against Wilson 
because that's kind of where we're putting them for our minds and that uh, they don't play till week 10. So right before the end of the season, that, that'll be that showdown. So um, it, that's what we have ahead of us for, for Buffalo Gap. Yeah, I, I will say um, that I know for Buffalo Gap, this is probably a very disappointing loss. I think it's just important for Buffalo Gap that they kind of get it corrected and yeah, um, it it appears they have a bye week if I'm remembering correctly. They have a bye week this week, and then they have East Rock, which you know I, okay. I they're That's not some important. mountain. Um, that's yeah, that's an important game. Probably the bye similar week. kind of LeRae-ish ranked kind of team at this point. Yeah, the bye week will help. But, you know, what I was going to say Maybe. is you can't <laughs> let that game beat you twice. No. Yeah, and the, yeah, the bye week will help separate that from, from being in and, and to where probably in our minds it'll be separate things if they do lose to East Rock. And we just yeah. we don't know what East Rock is right now. I mean, they, they didn't play the first week against Spotswood, and I don't believe they played this week. Um, so, yeah, we, it's a lot to be seen there for Buffalo Gap. But, you know, now they're going to have to prove it. You know, it, there's, there's not going to be a lot of assumptions of how good they are now. Now they're going to have to prove every week of how good they are and uh, build confidence off of that. Yeah, and I think uh, looking ahead that – it's important for Buffalo Gap to to turn this around quickly, right? Because they still have that matchup against Wilson. So third in the district is very good. Um, in their region, they're 1B now, so it's not as imperative to, you know, get to 6-4 and four or whatever. Um, but you'd like to have a home game. I you mean, would like to be at home in the playoffs yeah. and not have to be constantly on the road, yes. Because I don't think they're going to have that Bath game. Bath, Bath just sent all their well, kids home for virtual schools. learning. Yeah. So Which, it's at least at least a couple weeks, I think, Bath's going to be out of the mix. So um, I'd just be surprised if that game happens. Then yeah. they have Waynesboro, which as much props as I gave Waynesboro last week, I mean, no matter how high I put them, they're still a winnable game. You know, Waynesboro's not setting themselves elite by any means. So they, they can rebound here. I, I, I have I have faith they can rebound. I, I think Coach Wygant gets them, gets them motivated, gets them going. They, you know, the last two years they've won – there's been times where they've won games where we haven't necessarily said, oh, yeah, Gap's got this. So I, let's see what, see what they can do here. Yes, I, I would agree. Um, Stewart's draft, though, we talked about them only in reference so far. They yep. came out and they put a whooping on Waynesboro, 51 to 14. And um, good for draft. I mean, this is a game that, yeah. that technically their first game because I don't think. First the, complete game. <laughs> yeah, I don't think the other one counts. Not, they, not yet. I think I think it's just still hanging out in space out there. I don't, yeah. Um, but I, I think for Stewart's draft, this was an important win because in that game, I know it was still early, but uh, the score was not kind of what we thought it would be at, at that point in the game. So to see Stewart's draft come out, put up points, and a lot of them against Waynesboro, that's yeah. good for Stewart's draft. They came out hot. They, they they didn't hesitate in this game. Um, you know, they beat Waynesboro the way they think they should beat Waynesboro. And, and you know, a team playing in the state championship in the last couple of years against a team that hasn't won a lot of games last couple of years, that, that's the score it should be. Um, you know, I was on here a week ago saying, hey, I think Waynesboro is much improved. I don't think they get beat by 40 here. We'll, we'll call this close enough to <laughs> they got beat by 40. Um, but I did see that Waynesboro 
the, the quarterback went down in the second quarter. He's a lot for that team. And, uh, and I said that within my statement last week. And they also had some guys out. I'm not exactly sure the reasonings. You can assume why some guys were not able to play. Um, but I, you know, they're going to, Waynesburg's going to be at full strength to be what I hope they can be for their sake. You know, I'm not, I'm not trying to have them be good. So one of these other local teams can be down, but I just, I want Waynesboro to rebound as a program. And uh, this was not in the right direction, but I think there's some, for Waynesboro, you can kind of look at this and say, okay, we had this missing and this missing. This isn't a game we're going to win anyway. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're not going to beat draft anyway. So can write that one off a little bit more, but you didn't really build any, any uh, optimism coming out of that game. So uh, they'll have a chance to this week. Waynesboro will play Fort Defiance. That's two teams looking for a win and they're probably, you know, but both of them aren't going to be looking for a lot of wins this week. Uh, so, you know, that's coming up. Stewart's draft, they get a bye week now. So they finally get going and now they have to sit back down um, and, and they're waiting for two weeks from now uh, when they're going to get going. And, um, yeah, yeah. I, I think Stewart's draft, that, that's what you want to see out of Stewart's draft. If you're a Stewart's draft fan, you're satisfied. Yeah, it's good news for the Cougars. And I think you're right. For Waynesboro, uh, kind of like we said about Buffalo Gap, right? You can't let that loss beat you two times. For Waynesboro, you can't let this demoralizing loss against Stewart's draft beat you next week against Ford Defiance. Because I bet it doesn't. I, I, looking at the two schedules, um, I have more confidence in Waynesboro finding a win somewhere else on that schedule than I do Fort Defiance right now. But for Fort Defiance, I, I think they have to play with a sense of urgency because if they don't win that game, I don't know if they win one. Yeah, they lost uh, to Liberty, as expected, this week down in Bedford, uh, 42-0. Uh, but, you know, or 42-6, right? Um, what was the score this past week? I wrote it up here, didn't I? 42-0. Yeah. So they only have six points on the season. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's that's not good after two games. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's You're not going to win anything to only score in six points and giving up 40 points uh, in, in both games, 40-plus. So they got to get it together. This is an opportunity to at least try to have some positive things happen, hopefully score, hopefully keep people from scoring, and um, try to put it together for a win. I, I, yeah, I remain worried for Fort Defiance, I think, but I, I don't think expectations were, expectations were there for Fort, so I don't think they're necessarily falling short of expectations, but this game is a chance to, to put something on – the board for both teams. And I uh, like, I agree exactly what you said. I, I see more opportunities for Waynesboro down the line than I see for Fort right now. But, uh, you know, that's something to say for two, oh, and two teams facing each other. <laughs> yeah. Going back to Stanton really quickly. Um, they had a big win 50 to 26 uh, yeah. against Covington. Good news. The offense looked great. Uh, Darby had a fantastic game at quarterback for Stanton. That is what you want to see if you're a Stanton storm fan, because it, it will help Walker Darby build his confidence, if nothing else. And the, the thing for Stanton is going to be, after that game, like, okay, that was a big win for us. Now we're getting ready to play Page County, who I know there was a lot of smoke around Page County this year, but that appears to not really be a fire in Page County in terms of them being too competitive. Um yeah. But they shouldn't be bottom of the barrel either. So I think it's still Stanton's got Stanton's gonna have to play. I mean, Stanton's gonna a, have to play. And that but I was saying if Walker Darby can build on this week and ride mm-hmm. that into next this next game against Page County and have success against Page and give them a fighting chance. Now he's gonna have to put up a lot of points and it might need to be fifty at the end of the day because the defense gave up twenty six against Covington, which is not good. That's still troubling to me when I look at Stanton. 
I'm there was some glad to see the offense scores there though. Okay. Well, maybe. I actually was going to say I was happy for their defense to, you know, have the early forced fumble and get six points on the board that way or seven points and then force a safety. Like the first two possessions of the football game for the opposing team, the defense dominated. I thought that was good. And then knowing that the last two touchdowns of the ball game, I think, were both Covington, I, I, I wasn't as down. I thought you couldn't ask for much more legitimately from Stanton, you know, from where they've been. I, I thought this was about as good as you could have hoped for. So I, I actually wasn't as down on the defense, but you're going to need a, you're going to need a great defensive effort this week. So if, if it was fool's gold last week, Paige will draw it out. They have weapons yeah. at the quarterback position and the running back position. Um, they're, they're going to put points on the scoreboard unless you're shutting them down. And yeah, I, I wouldn't want to get into a shootout with a team that's been in the playoff the last two years. If I'm Stanton, I'd, I'd want to try to control the, the action a little bit better than that. Yeah, and I guess that's my point. Like, yeah. Final two touchdowns late, and that adds to it, I guess, for Covington, and that's fine. But you still gave up two scores without it being potentially second string players in at that point. And Covington is not the kind of offense that is going to be comparable with Page. And that's probably not. That's I know that's and you're only gonna face worse, a better offense. I mean, not yeah. That's the, that's better, the worst team you're playing this year. Yeah. yeah, Covington is the worst team on their schedule, so they're gonna have to play better. Who uh, I want to look real quick here. Stanton has Covington, uh, Page, and then Rockbridge. So yeah, you're gonna face a much better yeah. offense the next week after that. So so there you go. So um, yeah, it's you're gonna have to ramp up. You know, you had a good showing. Um, on offense for sure, on defense, somewhere in there. Um, but this week you're going to want to build confidence and keep that offense going and, and control on defense a little bit better. And because and, you're going to need it against Rockbridge, I, Rockbridge is going to want to score points. I know I'm probably going <laughs> to negate that thought here in a minute. But for Stanton's point of view, they're going to they're going to have to to do some things there. I think that's all the teams in Augusta County. There is not a single other team in Augusta County that played on Friday. Uh, or that is really exists in the county. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, we talked about them all, right? Yeah, just kidding. Uh, Riverheads they won forty nine nothing against Perry McClure. I don't know how much you want to talk about that game versus just looking ahead. Look, looking backwards is not worth doing. Um, yeah. Perry McClure had one good drive the whole football game, and Riverheads still kept them out of the end zone. So, uh, looking back is not worth it for Riverheads. Looking forward, what do you have? You have Lord Botetourt, and that's the game. If Anybody that knows me and knows that I as am deep in high school football as I am and, you know, bleed red uh, like, like everyone else. But, but yeah, <laughs> but, you know, I'm, I'm a Riverheads guy. This is all I've talked about since June, since the other season ended. Um, even even I, I it's, it's May since that game ended against Galax. There's been talks about Lord Botetourt. Um, So it, it's just. It's, it's what everybody's been building up for. And I think, you know, Lord Botetot losing that opener, I think made people think Riverheads has more of a chance. I, I don't know if that's accurate or not. Maybe EC Glass is really good. I know Lord Botetot is a really great program. And just because they lost EC Glass doesn't make me think they're less of a, of a program. Maybe they flubbed up the first week. Maybe they're not quite as sharp as they have been that first game. Maybe they still aren't. Maybe Riverheads can take advantage of that. I said from the beginning of knowing about this game, it's it's going to be closer than a lot of people just assume it'll be. When they see here's a class three state championship 
quality team versus Riverheads, who obviously state championship quality class A team. You know, they're, oh, well, they're two classes better. They're so much better. I, I, don't, I don't think the gap is as big as everybody assumes. So I think that early loss just brought more people into that conversation that I was already saying, whether if Lord Viotal was sitting here undefeated, I'd still be saying. I think it's going to be a game. I don't think it's going to be leave in the third quarter type of game. I, I think it's going to be a fight till the end. And in the fourth quarter, we're not going to be sure of who's winning this football game. If it is a blowout, I, I would have to say Lord Potatot somehow blew him out. I don't see Riverheads going in here and dominating. When you look at the size and the speed that Lord Potatot players bring, because they, you see it on film, you see it because upper level is recruiting these guys to come play at the next level, I, you, <laughs> it, it's there. But I've seen Riverheads play teams with better athletes before, and I've seen them do, I've seen them win some, and I've seen them lose some, but I, I always see them battle. So I just think that's what we're going to see this week in a, in a fun regular season game. I, does this, does a loss here ruin either one of those team seasons? No, it does not. You know, it doesn't ruin Lord Botetot's season. They can still win a lot of games from here in their playoff experience, all that. If Riverheads loses, it, it really means less to them because they don't already have a loss and uh, it's, you know, no one in their division and a quality of team that they're not going to see the rest of the way. So it's just, it's a fun matchup that I'm excited we get to see this year and next year. Yes. I was one of those people that told you you were crazy for thinking this was going to be a game after the opening week. Um, yeah, I've kind of, I think you might be right. I think this might be a close game. I still like Lord Botetot, uh, okay. but I am off the, it's probably going to be a 21 point or three score game uh, line that I had it on. I think it's going to be one, maybe a late score to make it a two score game at the end. Um, okay. But I think it's going to be close. Yeah, I, I, I obviously do too. I think when I go back to conversations about this game, I think before the state championship game, we talked to Matt Hatfield mm -hmm. from uh, Virginia preps. And we talked about this matchup and he clarified, Oh, Zach Smiley's a senior. You know, I'd like, I'd like Riverhead's chances a little bit better if they had Zach Smiley. I, I mean, no, nothing, taking nothing away from Zach Smiley. Caden Cook cash is a darn good player. And every time Riverhead's needs a yard and they give him the football, they get that yard and more. So I, I, I think the guy that's running in that spot that Zach Smiley ran in is doing just about as good as he was. I, yeah. I don't think there's really the drop off there. And, and that's what we're used to seeing from Riverheads for the last 20 plus years. And especially this last five is that they, there is no letdown from year to year. It's just reload and go. And I think we, we see Riverheads very strong on offense here. We see him very strong on defense. The same player that I'm talking about, Caden Cook cash playing middle linebacker in on every play, doing a heck of a job. Uh, the, the pass coverage has been really good this year. Um, they shut a lot of stuff down from some, some two quarterbacks that are, can put the ball down the field. I, I, I just giving them a chance. I, I I'm biased. I'm going to pick Riverheads. I yeah. pick Riverheads today. I'm going to say it again on Friday and maybe I'm wrong, but I just knowing what, how this coaching staff has been able to prepare this team so well for so long. I just, I think they're going to come into this game prepared, um, you know, Coach Casto, he knows. He knows what Lord Bata. He's not smoking over this and saying all oh, these guys aren't that good. He knows they're good, and he's preparing his team for that. And uh, they're not going to be scared. Riverhead shouldn't be scared to play anybody. Maybe they get beat, but they shouldn't be thinking they can't win. I mean, it's 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 a battle here, and I'm I'm really looking forward to it. 
yeah, I think before this, me saying they were going to get beat the way they were isn't because of what Riverheads is. It was because of what Lord Bottertide has been. Sure. And uh, maybe Lord Bottertide just had a bad opening week, and they maybe they do run them out. I don't know. Um, at this point, I haven't like seen Glass anything. Glass is some bad program. EC Glass is yeah. a solid program. The wins playoff games. I mean, yes, but seeing the way EC Glass dismantled them made me think. Well, maybe Lord Bottetot's not Lord Bottetot of the past two, three seasons. So maybe this will be a closer game. I still think Lord Bottetot has too many athletes, and you mentioned size. I think you're going to be right about that. I think not only do they have the size that Riverheads has been able to overcome against other teams, but they also have others. They have speed and Mm -hmm. talented key uh, athletes at key positions and skill positions is the word I was looking for. Um, That they they don't necessarily have to face that combination. And I think that will end up being the difference. Although I do think it's going to be closer than what I was giving them credit for uh, maybe at the beginning of the season. The the guy they started quarterback, the senior, the KJ Bratton kid, he had – he was part of four touchdowns last week. I think he threw for two and ran for two. He's going to be a tough kid for Riverhead's defense to handle. Just at that position with the ball in his hand so much, you know, he he only threw it four times last week in a, in a big win, uh, but then carried it 11. So it, it's just, that's a tough guy to contain. Riverhead's defensive ends are going to have to, you know, contain him inside and let the rest of that defense come help. If he's going to get the corner, that's going to be bad for Riverheads. But they also have the, the Jakari Nicely kid, the sophomore that comes in at quarterback, and he'll run the ball another 10-plus times. And so it's just – it's and both those guys are able to throw the ball. Like, they're able to throw the ball downfield. So it's just a, probably a better class of quarterback than Riverhead sees most weeks of the season, if, if not all. Um, and that's just the quarterback. You know, we're, the Gunnar Givens kid that's going to Tech. But I'm excited that he's going to Tech. He's a senior tight end, just a big old body – athletic kid but also this Cade Lane kid he he can do a lot when he gets the ball in his hands special teams and not I, well special teams is something I really want to watch for this week I think both teams could hurt the other one uh I just I hope Lord Bonita doesn't hope hurt Riverheads as much with it uh and that's that's my thoughts there but we can call out individual players but I can I can call out these individual players for Riverheads that I expect to do to do okay good cash I think it's going to do well Aiden Miller really has speed that is going to match anybody on that other side of the football Aiden Miller, very, very fast. But then also the the resurgence, or not resurgence, just the surge of what Luke Bryant did this week, gaining that confidence running the football, coming from that two-back position for Riverheads. So you can kind of have, you know, you've, you've had these running backs throughout the years. River, uh, You know, I remember Tech having Lee Suggs and Kevin Jones, and, um, you know, you, you had the New York Giants at one point had the fire and ice or whatever. Like, I think at that two-back position, you have Aiden Miller with that speed and Luke Bryant, if they can keep it going with that little bit more power with still some good speed. I think that's a big key to watch there is how Riverheads uses those two running backs, uh, you know, on the other side of the lot, you know, lining up from Caden Cookash. And then the whole time you have Cole Burton, who how many times have we just seen everybody so focused on those outside backs? Here's, you know, Cole Burton into the second level automatically from the fullback position. So I just think there's a lot of weapons there that, Riverheads has a chance to throw it, Lord Botetot, and we'll see how it falls. Uh, I'll go ahead and jump into this. Just for the history aspect of Riverheads, I, I keep saying this is the best program or best – I'm going to leave it a best program that Riverheads has faced. Uh, a Class 3 team at the top of Class 3 for the last five years, um, contending for state championships year in, year out, 
it's as good a program as Riverhead's ever faced. I think probably the best. The other teams that you'd bring up, which bring programs with them, you're talking about William Campbell of the mid-2000s. Um, they had the Pyramids that went through there, NFL talented kids. Some went to UVA. Multiple of them went to the NFL. Um, there was some powerhouse class Division One teams that came through there then. That's why they won so many state championships during that time. You know, Riverheads took some on the chin to them, but also beat, beat them back then. So I think that's a comparable, maybe not comparable, just one of the better teams that Riverheads has faced. The 11 Gretna team, that's a program that we know has had a lot of success at the class two and class three levels. Um, Riverheads only faced them once. They did lose that game, but it was a battle. It was a two-score battle there. Uh, the 13 Giles team, Riverheads lost to. Uh, but Gretna and Giles, both these teams I just mentioned, on their way to state championship victories those years. Riverheads lost that game down in Giles. Um, down with a lot of injuries in that game, but Giles probably the better team still. So that's, that's the teams I'm comparing to. And Riverheads knows those programs, knows those games, a lot of those, a lot of losses in those games for Riverheads. I think Lord Bonhot's better. So that's that's why I bring those teams up, is just to say I think Lord Todd is a better team this year and better program uh, just due to the ability that they have so many kids to choose from in their school to throw it on the football field and seeing the speed and size that they're able to throw in that football field. So I think this is as big a challenge Coach Castro has ever had, certainly in the regular season. Um, considering all those other three games I just threw out were playoff games. So I, I just think this is the biggest regular season game, maybe maybe in school history, but definitely in the Casto era. And that's that's really saying something. Yeah. It'll be interesting. I'm glad we're going. Uh, yeah, I'm pumped. W, uh, WTON, ESPN 1240. You can hear our voices uh, talk about this game. You'll hear Joe pick uh, Lord Botetot in the pregame. You'll hear me pick Riverheads in the pregame. <laughs> And then we'll see what happens, and we'll be we'll be with you all night uh, talking about the game. And if I get real quiet, you'll know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I think Riverheads might be the only fan base I haven't made mad at me at one point. So now I get to be an equal opportunity offender, I, and might as well sometime. Yeah, make everybody. You, mad. you got a, you got a lot to live up to to get to Patrick Height level, though. So yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, still got ways to go, but. <laughs> Strasburg, uh, another game that kind of was an eyebrow-raising game uh, because it was two teams that you kind of were wondering who, where they stand in terms of talent level, and there's a lot of expectations uh, for for both. Uh, Strasburg ends up beating Broadway 25-21 in a close game, but uh, I I came away more impressed with Strasburg and maybe thinking Broadway. Yeah. Might not be as good as uh, Broadway fans had hoped they were going to be at the beginning of the year. Just because this is now a point of concern if you're Broadway. Whereas if you're Strasburg, we've talked about it already, Leland. Outside of Stewart's draft, I don't see a lot of great 2B teams. Uh, Central and Strasburg are the ones that stick out to me. And this this win by Strasburg... Uh, keeps them in that conversation. Mm -hmm. I don't say cements them in that conversation because like like you're alluding to, I don't I don't know how great I think Broadway is. A lot of people put a lot of uh, positives on Broadway beating Fluvanna the week before in a hard fought win. I don't know how good I think Fluvanna is. So yeah. I I don't I still the transitive property doesn't lead me to think Strasburg is just something class of two B or anything, but it leaves them in the conversation because there's Strasburg got a win. Um they were down early, fought back and, and won that game. So I'll leave them in the conversation. But I, I 
hey, if we're if we're going to just reseed everything every week and talk about who's where, Swiss Draft's still the best team in 2B, and I'm not changing that. I, even, even with the hesitations I might have put out there within the district uh, with who's where in the district and who can do what, I still had Stewart's Draft the best team in 2B. So um, Central is probably the next team I'm going to bring up, but uh, uh, Strasburg is still remaining there. Someone someone to bring up here quickly after. Yeah, well, and Strasburg plays believe- Central. So, I mean, that's the other thing. Yeah. We'll, we'll know who out of those two are. They will. I can't believe Strasburg and Broadway had, hadn't played for 50 years. That's that's the thing that shocked me. I said it, I think, ahead of the oh, game. Yeah. And here, I, I just can't believe it. They hadn't played. It's kind of like when Stanton played gap and played riverheads uh like the year before they got in the district it was just like they hadn't played for so like how how do these teams so close to each other not play yeah it is it is an odd choice there by those two schools but uh let's move on to volleyball fort defiance they lose to rockbridge and it seems to be just the hill they can't get over yet um kind of like with the jordan bulls the team they couldn't beat for the longest time were the Pistons, the Bad Boy Pistons, and the Celtics. Um, hey, it eventually happened. It, it does eventually happen. That's <laughs> what we're hoping for fourth defiance. But Rockbridge still kind of that that team that gets in their way, and they can't seem to be able to top right now. Yeah, I, I agree. Riverheads, they got finally on the court, got a couple games in. They won them all. I, I think it's going to be another week or so before they get to play again because I think opposing teams are having some – COVID-related issues. I think they're supposed to be at a big jamboree this coming weekend that's going to be canceled or is already canceled. Um, but Riverheads, I think, still sitting there as a contender. The team I wanted to call it this week, Buffalo Gap, they, uh, they're they already 4-1 and one overall, uh, did a great job with their non-district schedule. Uh, some of those teams not as strong, but still, that's, that's teams Buffalo Gap hadn't been beaten these past couple seasons. So I think that's a good uptick for Buffalo Gap. And, uh, uh, you know, probably has Riverheads kind of looking over their shoulder there at another class one team within the district that's, uh, you know, already has more wins than Riverheads and, and only the one loss. So I, I think Buffalo Gap is that that next team. We keep talking about Riverheads and Fort Defiance every week. I think Buffalo Gap, you know, could make some noise there in the district and we might see some good showdowns between them and, and those other two teams. Yeah, I think that's great for Buffalo Gap because, uh, you know, I think this is a program that's trying to compete in the district, right? They want to they want to be able to say they're the second best team in the district, and I don't think that's impossible for them. Um, yeah, they and, have history out there. They've yeah. got some volleyball back. They got some banners on the wall. Yeah, that's not impossible for them this year, and and they're the start they have gotten off to has led you to believe that that is very, very much a doable thing. Uh, looking at uh, some other volleyball teams, I know Waynesboro has not been able to play since their season opener um, due to COVID. Issues with it themselves. Yeah. Yep. And uh, that's disappointing, but uh, Wilson, they got their first win this week, so that's good news for the Green Hornets as well, and I believe Stanton got their first win this week. They, they won tonight. They won Monday night against uh, Turner Ashby, which is a very solid win. Turner Ashby, uh, on you know, you know the power rankings that Cody puts out up at the DNR, he had Turner Ashby in the top, top four, top five, somewhere in there, and uh, Stanton knocked them off. Um, Monday night. So that's, that'll jump Stanton up in those little rankings and give them a lot of confidence. So uh, they'd already lost some volleyball games, but that was a big win for them. So they're capable of, of beating some solid teams. So that's something to watch out for, uh, for these other teams that we kind of have already annoyed it, you know, Stan's capable of beating some teams. So it'll, it'll make it fun. Yep. Uh, moving on to college football. Now let's talk about the Hokies. Um, 
I didn't think – I was surprised. Uh, this defense for Virginia Tech looks like the defense that won ACC championships and got them to BCS Bowl games and, and an international championship. That was vintage Virginia Tech on the defensive it, side. And it was, it was great to see. Offensively, yep. they still leave a little bit to be desired outside of the first three drives of the game. They were basically non-existent, but um, it, it's something, and I'm not going to poo-poo it. I, I mean, you've got Middle Tennessee State to work it out against, and then I think West Virginia's the following week. So just have the offense better against West Virginia. I mean, and that's kind of where I am right now. If this, if this, defense, this, this defense is not going to play a better quarterback on the regular season. So to me – what they did against Sam Howell in North Carolina kind of made me reevaluate. And I, I said it to a mutual friend, Steve of ours, and I've said it to a family this weekend as well. I feel better about Virginia Tech now than I did going into that UNC game. So it's hard for me to be too negative about the Hokies when that defense comes out and did what they did and as bad as the offense was, it was still enough to win. In yeah. a game that even though, I mean, even though it was a seven-point game, I never really was worried that Virginia Tech was going to lose once they went up two scores. Yeah, down the, down the stretch, you just got nervous it was going to get tied or something, but it still seemed like we had good control and we could keep UNC in front of us. They weren't just going to go score on one big play down, down at the end. We, I, I mean, I watched it full out uh, after I knew the result because I was calling high school football on Friday night. Um, I was aware of the game as it was going, so I had to come back to it. So I did watch it with my nerves a little calmer than I would have live, but still it, it did have that feel. And I think just, just watching it. Um, I mean, when you can, when you can do that to a Heisman contending quarterback, uh, it feels good. And so I, I I'm going to take it all as positive. Uh, the presentation of our program and our school was good that night. Um, if, if you forget COVID exists, there's really nothing even to worry about <laughs> watching that football game, seeing the fans go crazy, packed stadium and inner Sandman was great. And then the, how loud they were on TV. It was great. Um, you know, I know our offense wasn't perfect, but I loved how they were on third downs uh, early. Um, in the first half, they were great on third downs, converting third downs, keeping drives alive, keeping UNC off the field. And, and the confidence to do that, I, I think, is something they can build off going forward. Second half, it wasn't quite as good. I, I'd love if we're a better second-half team. I got some really good in-depth coverage from my mom uh, following that football game of why can't we just be better in the second half. Obviously, she's listened to our podcast quite a bit and uh, yeah. <laughs> knows, I think knows our issues with that in the past. And yeah. I think you could see it there, too. But uh, when you get a win, you just kind of – Hey, let's 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 work those things out. But take the big victory against one of the better teams that we're going to play this year. I do find it funny that we talked about this game specifically a couple of weeks ago on the podcast. We texted back and forth about it one day in particular, and now with UNC and what uh, uh, um, I'm blanking on uh, is the coach's name uh, Fuente. No, Mac for, Brown for UNC. Mac Brown. You know, everybody's saying, well, Mac Brown said, well, we were overrated. And people are citing, well, you know, they lost two running backs and two wide receivers in the NFL. They lost their best defensive player. I was like, oh, that's the stuff I said a couple of weeks ago of why I didn't think UNC really was that great and, and maybe didn't deserve that top 10 ranking. So um, I'm not trying to just tear UNC down and say they were bad. 
because I think they're a solid, good football team, and they have some wins ahead of them. But I also think we played better than I had been shown that we could play. So the answer's somewhere in the middle. We're better than I was afraid we might be, better than you were saying. But UNC probably not quite as good as, as everybody had hyped them up to be. Um, but we could build off that. And we'll take a top 10 win when we can get it, whether that top 10 is – justified or not we'll, we'll take it because we hadn't had one of those in a while so let's not argue against i don't want to rush the field for them but i'll take wins when we can get them so i will say uh i know a lot of people on and i said myself on twitter i i've bagged on fuente a lot uh during his time at virginia tech especially after games like odu or liberty or uh Furman when we won yeah a win against <laughs> Furman or pitt or any number of disappointing Virginia uh, Tech outcomes. Loss. Yeah, UV. Oh, God. Yeah, but um, that's off. He got he got the win. I I still think in the second half we may have won in spite of him, not because of him. But <laughs> I it, a win is a win, and I think this will go down. The rest of the season needs to play out. But if you were to ask me today, this is the most impressive win of Fuente's tenure at Virginia Tech. We, we've had those in the past, and they and usually have all turned into be fool's gold. We've had yeah. So Florida he State needs. I tell you who and, needs UNC to be good is Fuente. Yeah, UNC win out. You know, they, when UNC plays Miami in mid October, go Tar Heels. <laughs> yep. Uh, go look awesome. As we said, they play Middle Tennessee State next. That's a two p.m. kickoff on the ACC network. We just had a, we just played UNC and had all kinds of defensive pressure, which was amazingly awesome. And I saw a stat today that Middle Tennessee gave up uh, like six sacks to Monmouth last week. So, yeah, probably not going to be a great game for Middle Tennessee State. Successful early. Yeah. <laughs> if we're not looking good early on defense, then then we might have had a good week last week. But we, we should see success. There's no reason not to see some great success this week. No reason to even doubt that we will. Yep. Uh, UVA, they beat William & Mary 43-0. Uh, I didn't watch the game, um, yeah. but good for them. Hey, hey, there's been a lot of times that this UVA program, even on seasons where you're not expecting expecting UVA to be great and and be increased, and you're not you're kind of wondering what they are this season. Like we talked with Barber last week, those seasons they play a team like William and Mary, and you think, mm, watch out for William and Mary, or are they getting the game against William and Mary and it's twenty four seventeen in the third quarter? No. UVA came out, yeah. slammed that team like they should. Credit Bronco Hall. They beat a team like the, the way they should. That's that's all you can ask for. Now they play the um, Illinois team that knocked off Nebraska a week ago, but then this past week lost to Texas San Antonio. I had to look up what the U2, UTSA stood for. And yeah. um, so that's a team that – The Roadrunners. You, 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 don't, you don't know what you're getting there. UVA should expect to win that game. They should. They really should. Yeah, Illinois is not good. If no. anything, uh, that just makes the seat Nebraska hotter. Is that much worse. <laughs> yeah, that just means Nebraska is that much worse. It makes the seat even hotter for Scott Frost, who I don't even think played this week. But no, they did. They played uh, somebody terrible and whooped them. Okay. They, they put fifty on. No one to brag about. Well, then I think his seat just got hotter because the team that beat him lost to Texas San Antonio. So they play Oklahoma in like two weeks. They have another. Easy you know game what? And then- yeah, uh, let's let's bro- blow past the other local school. JMU yeah. beat Morehead State in a game that doesn't matter. Nothing to talk uh, about. Alab- They're going to beat the Now let's talk about Oklahoma, week. and we'll talk about some other games. 
uh, around the country as well. But Oklahoma sucks. They suck royal. I was so pit- They were up so big on Tulane, and then Tulane had a shot and came up just short on a fourth down where the kid ended up a yard short of getting a first down and maybe maybe beating Oklahoma. Oklahoma sucks. I can't believe they're still a top-four team. They shouldn't be a top-40 team. I wouldn't put them on the (laughs) top-40 hits. They're they're awful. They are Bruce Springsteen, highly overrated and straight garbage. Oklahoma should (laughs) get the hell out of college football. And Spencer Rattler, if Spencer Rattler is the top NFL prospect, in this draft, then there is not a single quarterback worth drafting. He's not going to be a good pro. You can see that. I, I, the thing that I battle here with, with Oklahoma is that just at a default, I like, I look for them to be good or prove you wrong just because it's like, I want you to be wrong. But like, I agree. Like, they're not that good. Um, they have been down these last few years. And this Rattler kid is so unlikable. I, I just, I, as much as I want them to do something to prove you wrong, like I don't because I don't think they're good and I don't like them. Um, so I, it's it's something. I, I they were down early to Tulane, then then poured it on, and then just took the foot off the gas. And I mean, they're still playing their guys, and, and Tulane completely came back on them. Yeah, I want to give credit to my brother because when they were up big, I was like, ah, crap! I wish Tulane didn't suck. And my brother goes. It's not over, dude. And I was like, it is. But I appreciate you thinking Oklahoma's going to blow this. And then later, we we go score looking in the day, and we look and see that Tulane has the ball and is threatening down five, Yeah. even though it's a home game in Norman, Oklahoma. And I was like, you know what? Oklahoma should be out of the top 25 just for blowing this big of a lead against Tulane. Like, that – no matter if they win this game or not, and they end up do winning the game, but they suck. I mean, they are just horrible. In fact, we didn't even really mean to check the score of this game because it was after 3.30, and we put it on to see the start of the Alabama-Miami game because I wanted to watch when it was still close, and then we saw the end of this game. Speaking of, Bama's really good. Um, Bama's really good, but Oklahoma doesn't – like, they're – best games i mean they don't i guess texas i mean that that's an obvious game they have left but like they're not gonna have a lot of chance to prove themselves being worthy of a top 14 iowa state maybe so i just this is how clemson gets back in is, is eventually they just say yeah oklahoma you're you're really tight with all these big 12 teams and yeah yeah you're not gonna drop they're not gonna drop oklahoma for cincinnati but they'll drop oklahoma for clemson yeah they will um you might be right um i don't think they'll beat iowa state We'll see what happens. Well, but then who is going to beat Iowa State? Iowa yeah. State will beat Iowa State later in the year. Um, <laughs> Cyclone the, will get them. Yeah, they're, they're the Big 12. <laughs> um, maybe Iowa. but uh, That's this week. That's where game day is. That's the best game. Uh, wise choice by game day. Yep. It's disappointing that it's in the they middle of the They wanted to go to Michigan for, uh, for Washington coming in, and Washington lost to Montana, FCS Montana. <laughs> Yeah, the Pac-12 is great, isn't it? Um, I love it when you know this, the, the game that Game Gay wants to go to, and it falls for unless it's a Virginia Tech-related game. I love it <laughs> when you, can just, you know, oh, Game Day wants to go there. And like, I was already the 8 o'clock game. It is the 8 o'clock game next week. Washington at Michigan. I was like, there it is. And then all of a sudden, they lose to Montana. I, just, I love it when Game Day's plans falls apart. Although, you know what? Iowa State is going to lose to Iowa. 
that was not an impressive win for them this week. I forgot about that. Yeah, it was tight. Northern Iowa's not good. No. The Big 12 as a whole. I, you know what? They're going to survive because of that late-breaking news on Friday night where they're going to eat up Cincinnati that's and hold, BYU and UCF. Right that's not moving forward at the moment, which is weird. How many of those have you seen? You know what? Good. Because those conferences, yeah. hold the line. Hold the line. What was that line Someone, on Twitter when people were buying games up? Diamond strong hands? Have diamond strong hands, you guys, because you are better than the Big 12. Let's somebody, kill this terrible conference once and for all. Some people in the alliance started talking to some four teams, and that, that <laughs> deal got held up all of a sudden. The only all other time I remember something holding up, oh, you know, this is a go, yeah. but we, we just got to hold up, was UConn coming to the ACC. That was the last time. I was like, it's done, it's done, it's done. And then all of a sudden it's like, hold up. Where's UConn now? You know, their, their coach just retired after week two. Yeah, yeah, that's something's up. That's not going to go as smooth as everybody thought it was on Friday night. I think that's because they just saw the premier programs in the conference that are quote-unquote premier programs that are leaving barely win against Tulane. And then you see uh, your other best man standing, Iowa State, need a six-point victory against an FCS team. Yeah, I know the one you're sadly, highlighting. We'll sadly, get... Texas is the one, the only one that kind of stood up. I mean, they they beat uh, Louisiana 38 That was so disappointing. They kind of controlled the whole time. They like, did. Tex- Texas looked the best of the Big 12. That's when you know you have a problem. That was upsetting. But um, yeah, let's I, to talk about good football teams um, and good football games, I, uh, I want to touch on Georgia. They hold on. They beat teams. Clemson. That, that was a game that I didn't get to watch a lot of just because of where I was and what I was doing. But – Uh, Went back and watched a condensed version of that game. Phenomenal game. The only touchdown of the game was a defensive touchdown. Um, And to me, I I don't know if Georgia's going to be good enough to win the SEC East. That remains to be seen when they play Florida. But their defense is absolutely a terror. They're not going to beat Alabama, but their defense is really good. For Clemson, but I think the Clemson's only thing defense that, was really good too. Yeah, the only thing that saves Clemson is what you touched on. The Big Twelve and the Pac twelve are both horrible at football. And so Clemson will win out and they will be fine. Yeah, because and plus they yeah, they're just not gonna leave Clemson out if, if they only have one line. It just that's and not it's by seven happen. points to Georgia, who will probably be in the SEC championship. I watched that game pretty quickly pretty close, especially second quarter on. And uh, while I was, I don't mind a defensive game. I just, I didn't, the offenses didn't look good. And I know the defenses cause a lot of that. I swear when I've seen other 10 to three ball games, when we watched Alabama and LSU play in a slobber knocker back when they were both good back then, like later in the season, I love those games. I, I don't need high scoring games to like to like a game and think it's good. I just thought these both these offenses just seemed off. And I know part of that's defense, but some of it was just first game of the season stuff. So while the defenses look great and I will bank that on both teams, and I'm not separating these teams much at all. And just like the rankings didn't really kill Clemson here. I mean, they dropped down to uh six, I think. Six. They're right outside. You know, and that's that's fine. Um the offenses they, they got to come together. Luckily, 
both these teams are going to have some opportunity to do that early in their conference seasons to get things back on the get the, Clemson get their quarterback going. He's he's better than that. We saw him better than that last year in two games. Even in a loss to Notre Dame, that quarterback looked better last year. So they'll they'll get it right. I just I think initial Twitter, which is usually you know explosive, you know, oh Georgia's better than man. They they were so. I mean, it's a 10-3 game. It's so yeah, close. It's the only touchdowns a defensive touchdown. Like these teams are very even. So I. I liked the early season matchup. I just didn't like the offenses didn't look as good as I thought they should um, for what good teams these are. And I think that game gets played later in the season. Maybe it's, maybe it's 10, three again, but uh, I think it'd be a lot better of a, of a game because uh, the offenses actually would look a little more capable. Yeah. I do think this is an e- pretty evenly matched uh, ball game. And I, I think that the score yeah. reflected, that. I think, Touching on your point, if these teams played ten times, I think each team would win five times. Like I think it's that yeah. close between Clemson's these two really, teams. really good. Um, Penn State beats Wisconsin. They held on to win sixteen to ten. That, was that game, game was exciting. Um, exciting, ugly. Yes, Gus Johnson <laughs> was on the call. There were some plays that well, that has excitement just in itself. That uh, <laughs> Gus Johnson does add excitement, but. When you're watching, when you watched that game, there were some plays that you were like, what are you doing? Um, yes. <laughs> but Penn State ends up winning. That's a team that I guess is the best chance at beating Ohio State. I, I don't think that's going to well, happen. There you go. <laughs> but I guess if you got to pick somebody, that's the best chance. Hey, Minnesota took their shot on Thursday night. They took their shot. They I held on for a half, and then the wheels fell off the wagon. A little bit. Uh, the weekend game, the Sunday and Monday games, both were interesting. Uh, Notre Dame, Florida State. Whoa, 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 whoa. What are we missing? What are we skipping? UCLA. Oh, UCLA. Let's go back to UCLA. Yeah, Saturday. This is the win for the Pac-12. This is the team that the Pac-12 better hope runs the table. Because this is yep. the only thing that looks remotely positive. I guess USC, maybe. We can't assess. They played San Jose State, and they suck. Um, but Whoa. UCLA came out and beat LSU to what I think is an overrated LSU team. But the good news sure. for UCLA is LSU will continue to win games in the SEC, and they'll get credit because it's the SEC, which will give credit to LSU which in turn, as long as UCLA doesn't fall flat on their face against an Oregon or a Washington or insert bad Pac-12 team here, that will help them. Because that that UCLA-USC game could be a huge primetime game for the Pac-12 if everything goes the way it's supposed to. Yeah, that was – Kirk Herbstreit had it all the way. Like on game day that morning, he he completely had it coming. So I I thought that was really – Kirk had a lot right this weekend, which was really interesting. Uh, he had Illinois losing to uh, um, San Antonio. I mean, he he had a lot right there. And, um, yeah, I mean, good for UCLA, good for Chip Kelly uh, after what all he's been through. He was the good coach at Oregon. He went to the Eagles, had success there, but he's already gone. And now he's down there at UCLA. I, you know, it's, it's good for him. I, I've never been huge, huge into him. But, hey, he's making something work, and he's getting some players there, and those LA teams being good in college football is not a bad thing. So um, that's fun. We'll see what else they can do. Do you think the guy at Adidas that misspelled Indiana still is employed? No. Okay. <laughs> He's fired. He's, 
Yeah, they shot him to the moon. He's a major league umpire now. Yeah, probably. <laughs> that did make me laugh. And just to rub salt in that wound, Iowa also beat the brakes off of him. So, yeah. and you know what? Maybe Indiana, maybe the entire state of Indiana knew what was coming and was like, you know what? Don't spell it right. We don't <laughs> want to be associated with this. Now, the weekend games that I was trying to get to, or the, the Sunday, Monday games, the Fighting Irish, the Seminoles, they played in a in a cool matchup for anybody that's been a football fan for any length of time. Florida State, not what they used to be, but you wouldn't have known that in this game. They played very tough. Um, I think Florida State's better than, than we have seen them. I think they're up. Uh, maybe Notre Dame's not quite as good as a top-10 team, but uh, it turned out to be a great ball game down at Florida State, an overtime ball game. I actually gave up on it. I was a bit exhausted on Saturday. Um, and so I was watching that game and, and I think they were up two scores and I kind of allowed my eyes to close. And then I woke up in the morning and sure enough, overtime, field goal to win it. Just, and that's, that's good for the ACC. It's good for college football for two, you know, blue bloods to battle like that in, in prime time. Look, it's a good look for um, the ACC and, and Florida State. So even though they lost, it's still something to kind of, all right, we were hanging in there with a team that's that's going to get a lot of attention the rest of the season, um, and, and they'll be able to have that kind of be their claim to fame. They, they'll probably lose some games that will kind of ruin that, but it's something they can build off. Yeah. Um, I also think for Florida State, I know Travis came in. I know he threw through two touchdowns, including one that kind of, started the comeback in re- at the end of regulation, but his helmet came off. Then they put McKenzie Milton in, the guy who used to be the quarterback at UCF when they won their national championship. Um, and then... Yeah, terrible, terrible injury is what has happened to him between there and now. Yeah, that's why he's at yeah. Florida State, is because he had a kind of a similar injury to Alex Smith, except I think his healed a little better. Didn't have as many complications. He's also younger. That probably helps. But anyway... Um, he comes in and kind of completes that regulation comeback, gets the game into overtime. Unfortunately for Florida State, they come up just short and lose uh, on a missed field goal in overtime, and then Notre Dame didn't miss theirs. But I think maybe you stick with McKenzie Milton because he did not miss anyone, and his passes were – he threw one that was in such a tight window. It just reminded me of – when he was at UCF and you would see him sling it all over the field. And I was like, yeah, this guy's better. Uh, Travis, two touchdowns, but he had three picks. I think he ended up nine of 19. That's not great. So small sample size. Milton was five of seven, but I think I ride Milt McKenzie Milton the rest of the way and see what I got there. The Florida state, they should have a couple wins ahead of them here with like a I think that's Jackson State and Wake Forest, Louisville, and Syracuse. That gets them to October 9th when they have UNC, which that'll be a tough matchup. Um, later, uh, Halloween weekend, they have Clemson, and they, they'll have Miami on that schedule and Florida. So they, they have other big-time matchups left on their schedule for, for where they are at a program. I'm not – I mean, obviously Clemson's up there, but those other schools are not quite, quite there. But they're going to have opportunities to beat teams that – people will respect them to win for. So that's that's what they got to do. They got to win all those other ones, not slip up against a lesser. They got NC State over on that side. That's not not looking bad. You know, 
if Florida State wants to be back, they're going to have their opportunities to prove that they're back. I, I don't think they're there yet, but they're going to have their chance to, to prove me wrong. I would agree. All right. The other interesting game was the Monday night game, which I had no, I had no, I did not watch this game. I, I didn't care, care to watch it or anything, but I, I got uh, done with everything I was doing and I came into it about late second quarter um, while I was still doing some stuff. And then I kind of watched the second half. This offense from Ole Miss is, you know, they're, they're running a play every 16 seconds of, of live action, not 16 game clock seconds. Every 16 seconds, they're starting another play. Um, you know, it's that, you know, run and gun balls to the wall offense, uh, that Lane Kiffin wants to run and he hasn't working at Ole Miss. He has the right guys in there to do it. Um, and I, I, I'm interested to see what it can do. I, I'm not going to be rooting for Lane Kiffin. I'm not going to be rooting for Ole Miss, but I don't mind a team that can maybe cause a little chaos in the sec that might, you know, catch, uh, one of the top dogs, less than perfect effort and maybe make a really interesting game. We've seen old, we've seen Alabama in some shootouts. Was it, was it last year? Didn't Alabama have a shootout with Ole Miss? Like I, I just think it'd be interesting if that team could cause some chaos. I won't be rooting for them to win, but I, I will accept it when they do. So I just, I think it's going to be interesting for if Ole Miss can be, um, you know, throw a wrench in there. It's kind of like that Stewart Straft uh, Cougar basketball team, the, the just up the floor and down and it's it's like that on a football field so i'm just interested to see if it can cause a little chaos in the sec i don't think they will do that against alabama this year uh not sure if Why, they played was, Georgia was alabama not. not very good last year was that the difference i think alabama returned almost everyone on their defense and except for patrick sertan and um that was a pretty good defense last year. So I think they're going to They play October 2nd. So we don't have to wait too long for that matchup. I think they're going to kill Ole Miss. I think Maybe it's going to be such an ugly game. Maybe they will. I, but kind of like when Stuart Straff ran like, the three ridiculous against East Rockingham and it just was painfully not working. <laughs> and you're like, please, please, for the love of know, all this holy stop. I don't know if stop. I'm, I'm following it. I, I, I like your comparison to the local teams. I'm not, uh, I'm not knocking that as much, but. Alabama won the national championship last year. And I don't think Ole Miss is worse than last year's. And like last, what I wanted, what was that score last year? Um, Cause I think it was like, we joked that it was a, it was a big 12 game. I don't think it was as close as you're remembering. I think Alabama scored like 70 points, 60, 63 to 48. So yeah. Great defense from last That's year. That's not close. It's 15 points, isn't it? It is 15. It's going to be worse. They're not, Alabama's not giving up 48. Okay. They couldn't score 48 on Louisville. That game was, that was an eight point game with a minute 29 left. They are not scoring 48 on Alabama. It was a four point game with seven minutes to go. So it was close. <laughs> They're not scoring 48 on Alabama. They're going to run that fast-paced offense into a lot of punts, a lot of three and outs. That just means they're going to be on off the field in a minute or less. I mean, maybe they don't against Alabama. I, I'm not going to argue to the ends of the earth on this. I just I remember in that game last year and it being close like it was because it, it was close. We're not going to say it wasn't. Alabama had to score a touchdown with under a minute to go to make it a two-score game. Um, I bet Nick Saban was scared for zero seconds. 
I do think it'll be interesting to see if Ole Miss can cause a little chaos with any of these other teams. With with uh, who I, I don't know who's on their schedule, but I just it'll be interesting to see if that that different style than just the more fast pace. I know everybody's running the spread now, but just that just going as hard as you can, um, as fast as you can. I just I, I it'll be interesting. That's all I took away from it. This week, the biggest games to talk about. There's only a couple to talk about. It's this is where all those we had all those great matchups last week, and we talked about everybody plays a FCS team this week. Uh, but um, to lead the weekend off, it's just Coastal Carolina still in the in the mix there at 17. Uh, they play Kansas. I'm not going to allow that game to be a conversational piece. Coastal Carolina better win that game. They better beat the heck out of Kansas. Hey, that's they're playing a power like, five team in Kansas. That's a big game. <laughs> yeah, Kansas uh, rushing the field after they beat an FCS team last week. I it's just Coastal Carolina <laughs> is by far the favorite. I don't want this to be like, well, Coastal Carolina deserves to uh, beat they the do because they beat a power five team. Kansas is in a power. It's the same. <laughs> it's the same win Oklahoma is going to point to later in the year when they try to say they belong. <laughs> well, we beat and Kansas. Then, Two actual bigger games. Uh, Joe dismissed the entire Pac-12 earlier. Oregon's playing Ohio State uh, this weekend. It's that noon Fox game. Dead. That's where it will be proven that Joe is right, that the Pac-12 uh, it doesn't have a lot to say until we see what UCLA does. But Oregon probably gets out of the, out of the mix of being in the top 20 after this week's loss to Ohio State. Uh, the Iowa State-Iowa game, that's where game day is. That's 4.30 in the afternoon. Um, and Kirk Curb Street will be on that one. So I'm not going to be able to watch that one. I'm going to be occupied um, during that time. I'll be with, with listener Ron during that time frame. So we'll, we'll have to be watching our phones and see what's going on in the state of Iowa. It'll, it'll be like a, a caucus, but, but not. Yeah, it's basically a 9 a.m. start for Oregon in their game on their body clocks, and they could save themselves a lot of time and, and stress by just staying in Oregon. They don't need to go. We're talking – Hey, the Pac-12 is willing. They're telling Fox that so they'll play nine o'clock start times in on the West Coast just to get on TV more, get better spots on TV. Not for this, they won't. Um, or they'll regret saying that to Fox, because Fox will be. You know what Fox's response is going to be after this week? Mm, pass. Yeah, uh, we don't. We never want you on. <laughs> yeah, we're good. We saw Washington week one and this week two. We're good. Um, we're going to put you on at midnight. East yeah. Coast time. Midnight's fine. We need 12 o'clock. Yeah, we need that midnight. chaser. Yep. <laughs> Iowa and Iowa State. That's going to be – I I think this has the potential to be the best game just because they're rivals, but – Best meaningful game. It kind of feels like Iowa's going to run them over. Maybe so. They'll you be, realize they haven't won – like Iowa's won like six straight are. or something like that. Probably. I mean – Six or seven straight. I saw it on ESPN. Yeah, I, what do you want me to do? Argue that the Big 12 was good? I, I don't have that in me. <laughs> yeah, everyone else does play down. I, my only argument, my only real argument to that, and I always bring it to the table, is you act like it's been for 20 years. It has not been for 20 years. It's been years. for 20 years. It's as long but as I last, can remember. The last four or five, I don't, I, don't have any, I don't have any evidence to prove otherwise. For as long as I can remember, this conference has been disappointing. <laughs> All right, let's. Uh, we don't have anybody for the B block this week. We're going to handle the NFL preview on our own. So let's let's jump to that in the C block. Okay. Um, before we do though, I want to give our listeners one upset alert. 
Texas at Arkansas. Is Book that it. this weekend? Book it. That's a loss for Texas. They suck. I know they beat Louisiana, but you putting your money where the mouth is, where your mouth is. Yep, absolutely. Good, love it. All right, Leland, let's do a little NFL predictions here as quickly as possible since we've done what we <laughs> usually do, which is talk a while. Um, going at the AFC North, it's going to be the Ravens that win this division. Uh, I just, I guess Cleveland's probably our stiffest competition in that regard, and I'm not worried about Cleveland all that much. Steelers. Okay, well, you're wrong, but that's fine. AFC East. Bills, right? I just I got Bills. Yeah, but who do you have second? Uh Patriots. Yes. God. All right, we're the same. AFC South. I gotta remember who's in that. Oh, Tennessee. Duh. Yeah, I also have Tennessee. AFC West. Kansas City. Kansas City. All right. So right now, the only thing we have different is the AFC North. Wild card, give me the Browns. Give me give me the Chargers. Uh, makes me sick, but I guess give me the Steelers. Um, I don't want to talk you out of anything, but you brought up the Patriots and with the uh, being second to the Bills, you think they don't even make the playoffs? I think the Steelers are better than the Patriots, so yes. Okay. All right. So I put your Ravens in here. Okay. I put the Patriots in there, and I put the same Browns in there, which I I surprised we both had the Browns. So. Well, I, I think, think the Browns are better than the Steelers. So yeah, naturally. I don't think they're better than the Steelers, but I think they're going to be, make the playoffs. I think well, the playoffs saw some stableness out of them last year that I that I liked. So yeah, the playoffs last year think, would say differently, but okay. I also like that. I think that what what's hard for me here is that I think Joe Burrow is going to do good in Cincinnati, and I think they're going to make a little bit of noise. They're not going to make the playoffs. I don't really think they're going to make the playoffs, but I think I saw good things out of him last year before he got hurt. That I just I think there's something there, and so if I say that, then how the heck is the North going to put two teams in the or three teams in the playoffs? I I don't know, but I just I don't know. I guess I watch so much of the AFC North is that that I just think they're all pretty good. I think that's part of my problem. I think Joe Burrow might be good, but still not be good enough. Yeah, uh, I don't put him. On the, the reason playoffs, he got hurt uh, is because that offensive line is paper thin, and I think that did not really change. All right. NFC North. Oh, God. This division is so bad. Packers. The North. I had the Packers, and I changed to Bears. Yeah, I don't hate that. If Justin Fields can stay healthy. Yep. All right, NFC East. Does the Washington football team repeat as division champs? I want to say yes. I'll say yes. God, Woo! that division's bad. 
See, I had that originally. And what makes me nervous is I don't remember the last time a team repeated in that division. I thought you would have said Cowboys. Yeah. I, the only reason I took Washington football team off right here is because for the last two years, I've said Daniel Jones and the giants have something cooking. And I had to, I have to, I have to, I can't just walk away from that. So I have to use the giants here. Okay. I would pick Dallas if I didn't pick Washington, but I, I understand. I had I honestly started writing Cowboys in for you, so I was uh, surprised you stuck with the football team. All right, NFC South. Tampa Bay. I got Tampa Bay as well. Uh, the NFC West. San Francisco, Seattle, the Rams, I know who's in it. the Cardinals. I'm between San Francisco and the Rams. Rams. So I got two. All right. right so wild the cards. wild cards. I'll go. I'll go first this time okay. with the wild cards. I have a problem already. Good. Because <laughs> I had the Bears down there, and then I moved them back out. Uh, so I had the Bears, the Cowboys, and the Cardinals. How am I going to get three NFC East teams in there? Oh, because I want to say the football team. Uh, That's the worst division in football. If you put three in, you're doing this wrong. Yeah, I can't. The Cowboys looked really good. Putting two in is dangerous. Putting uh, before Dax got hurt, Dak got hurt last year. I thought they were looking good. Their defense wasn't good, but their offense was good. And they've done a lot to try to help their defenses all season. So, I, I, like, I'm tempted to put the Cowboys in right here. The Cardinals is kind of my wild pick. Like, I, I just think Kyler Murray has that playmaking ability. It just seems like weird things happen out there. Um, I don't have faith in Seattle. I don't have faith in San Francisco. So, that's why I put the Cardinals here. Um, but I should take the Cowboys out if I'm going to put the football team in. Man, what am I doing? So I'm going to say Packers, which people are big on the Vikings, which I don't get. Why are people big on the Vikings this year? Because uh, they don't remember how bad Kirk Cousins is. I'm putting the football team in and leaving the Cowboys out. Okay, that's weird. So I have Packers, football team, and uh, Cardinals. I have Bears, I have Cowboys, and my wild-ish team is the Saints. Hey, if they make the playoffs and Drew Brees' first year out, good for them. And good for uh, Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston. That's why it's a wild-ish pick. (laughs) Yeah, if he does that, good for him. Jameis Winston is definitely going to make or break them. He is, (laughs) if you ever watched Always Sunny in Philadelphia and that episode where Charlie like puts on the cowboy hat, screams wild card and jumps out the back (laughs) while they have like a bunch of gasoline in the back of their moving vehicle. uh, That's very much Jameis Winston when he's at quarterback. He's just like, woo, wild card. And then like, does something crazy, and I'm sure Sean Payton is going to be looking around at his staff going, what the hell just happened? Um, because there's going to be some plays where Jameis Winston drives you crazy.
but there's going to be other plays where he scores some touchdowns and wins you some games. So you just got to hope it's more wins than crazy. All right, so who wins the AFC? I just think the Chiefs are too good. I think their offensive line was one of their biggest concerns. They did a lot to improve that. I like the Chiefs. I've just, this year, I look back at picks last year. I've seen what we've done these last years. You know, what does pick and right or pick and wrong really benefit or cost us when this all happens? So I'm going full fan, and I got the Steelers going to the Super Bowl. It's the last hurrah for this this era of the Steelers, and I'm, I'm putting them in there. Offensive. Um, NFC champion. I hate all of these teams. Yeah, that was my problem. That was exactly my problem. Like, I look at all these playoff teams, and I don't like any of them. The AFC is so much better. The Chiefs, the Ravens, and the Bills, if any of them were in the NFC, I would pick without even thinking about it. You know what? Throw the Titans in there, too. Without a doubt, I would pick any of those uh, Ravens, Bills, Titans, without a doubt, would pick them before I picked any of these NFC teams. You know what? Just because these teams are all... I feel like not impressive. I feel Do like it. it's going to be the year for a wild card. Do it. Bears. Oh, I thought you were going to go local. No, they're not good enough to do that. I put Rams. Rams is who I have. Chiefs winning. That makes a lot of sense. I'm not saying your pick there doesn't doesn't make sense. I'm just going full fan this year. I'm buying in and Steelers are going to get it done. Close out the big Ben era and uh, make me happy. And then I'll won't have to be as anxious for another Super Bowl here for a little bit while we reload at quarterback because we do not have the next quarterback on the roster. I like what the Steelers, there's that's the reason I haven't talked about the Steelers. Like I just let it go all the way up here because I knew I was going to talk about them here. Um, I love having a premier running back in there. I We always are so much better when we have that. Those are the years that we either do go to Super Bowls or should have. Um, you know, uh, Bell had a year like that where we were real close and missed an opportunity. So I, I like that Big Ben's not going to have to carry the load as much for explosive plays on that football field coming through his arm. I like that Najee Harris is going to rip some runs off, and I like that. And we have other running backs there, too. So Najee Harris isn't just going to have to run, 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 run. He's going to be able to be uh, a weapon. Uh, I also like our defense. I like what the Steelers have on defense, and that's what's going to lead this team. They're going to win games uh, 24-12. You know, they're going to win those kind of ball games. They're not going to be, you know, a bunch of 40 to 35s. If we score 40 points a lot of games, then we're going to be beat the heck out of a lot of teams because I think our defense is going to do a really good job this year. So – I'm on the Steelers this year, and maybe that's not the smartest pick. I, I, I'm not <laughs> – the Chiefs scared the heck out of me on that pick. Um, the Bills scare the heck out of me on that pick. Um, but I'm just, I'm just buying in. Two feet in, all the way for the Steelers. I feel like you guys were the most fraudulent 11-0 team in the history of the NFL we were, last year. We were depending on our old man's arm, and we don't have to do that this year. And I think you guys are still fraudulent. And I think that's why you will not be as good as you think you are. Hey, they'll put in a play some football games and we'll figure this out. I guess we'll allow it. 
<laughs> All right, let's go on to the D block. All right, Leland, let's do the D block. I will start. And uh, nope, that's not how we want to do it. You will start. I'll go to the middle two, and then I'll give it to you at the end. So I will start. Uh, I was a host and a participant in uh, some different uh, kid parties this weekend. And I just want to call out the moms in those situations. Uh, Steve's wife, Karen, my wife, Stephanie, they both can theme the heck out of a, of a little kid birthday party. We, we have three birthday parties a year, whether, you know, COVID allows people to come to it or not. She still goes all out, even when it's, you know, just a grandma showing up or even, even when it was just a zoom call, uh, with, with people, uh, in March of 2020, uh, she can theme the heck out of a birthday party. And, uh, this weekend we got a bluey theme, uh, which we had done back in March for one of our kids and uh, Karen got to do it herself and, and reinvented it and had cool things that we didn't even think of, which was awesome. And then uh, our Star Wars themed birthday party on Sunday was just awesome. And my wife who had not seen a Star Wars uh, until my daughter had um, within a year ago uh, and Mandalorian. Oh, well, I guess she watched the Mandalorian the, the year before that, but um hadn't seen the movies. She had every food that we ate with a little sign in front of it. You'll have to see these, uh, the, you know, the beans that, uh, I've got a bad feeling about this beans. We had, uh, Obi-Wan kebabies with, with vegetable kebabs. We had Jabba the Hut dogs. We had, um, you know, a place where you could get a napkin and she played off Anakin on that. Uh, I can just never smoothly pronounce it. Uh, we had, you know, pad me some, something, uh, I forget what that We had Yoda soda. We had, um, yeah. this, uh, we had a beer cooler and this is not the kids. This is not the drinks you were looking for. Uh, <laughs> we had, um, we had so many good ones. So you'll have to see all those signs coming up our driveway. Uh, there was like five trees with like the opening credit of star Wars story of explaining what's happening. She had that set up for the birthday party that played it played you right into our house for a, a rebel feast. Um, so it was awesome. It was just awesome. So uh, I'm crediting both of these, uh, you know, mothers of youngins right now that I attended the parties of. Uh, I, I like one more than the other uh, <laughs> for, because one's my wife, but both were great. And uh, I think it's fun that um, it, these parties had a lot of the same people at them because we're kind of in a similar circle here because we're still holding tight here with COVID stuff. Um, but it was, it was fun to celebrate the kids and Lord knows they probably don't appreciate it as much as they, they should, but uh, I don't know. I do. So, and, and, and I know Steve did with his uh, for his wife. So it was fun to do and fun to see some, some family and uh, celebrate these kids getting older and cause it's going too quick, going too quick. Yeah. That's awesome. That sounds like a good time. Uh, what, has been dominating my life was the family reunion. Um, that part of the family has been getting together since the fifties. And last year was the first year since we started that we did not get together. Obviously that was due to COVID, but we were able to get back together this year. And that was a lot of fun. Um, we played games. We, 
uh, ate a couple meals, got to see family that I haven't seen since the last reunion back in 2019. So it was just great. Um, we played music, um, and that was awesome. And uh, it was just a good time being around people that um, meet a lot, and uh, it was nice to be able to get back together with them. That was a lot of fun. I got a question. I don't think I've asked you this before. I know the the area of the state that you go to for this reunion. That Sheeler, um, mm-hmm. that's that's. Wait a minute. How mixed up am I right now? What family? What is? It's not Deck. It's it's Sheeler, right? Yep. So is the Motor Mile like is 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 that part of this? No. You don't have a big that car Sheeler. That Sheeler is not part of our Sheelers. Man. Because you guys should be all be driving away in F-150s from something like that. Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> it's not those Sheelers. Uh, nah. That Sheelers actually, because um, I used to think that when I would go down there, I'd be like, oh, wow, look at all these car dealerships. And they're like, nah, not that one. Um, he's not us. Um, but, and it's funny because my mom will hate that I'm saying this, but it's okay. I don't think she's going to listen to this part anyway. Uh, she's not going to power through over an hour and a half to get to this. Um <laughs> But she doesn't care about your feelings about gap football. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> but for years now, when we would go, there's two locations. Uh, and if you follow us to the second location, it's too late for you. But um, when we go to the first location, which is at a church, uh, we uh, we eat lunch there and then. Part of the group goes to the second location early. I'm in that group. And then part of the location stays at the church and does official business stuff. Um, But when we go to eat lunch, there would be the part that I know was coming to the evening part, which we would call the real family. And then there would be (laughs) the other part of the family that we would call the fake family. I was Um, wondering when we were get to where your mom wasn't going to like something. But yeah, I'm, I'm here now. Yep. And the first time my brother and I, this was when I was in college, we pulled in one year and I was like, oh, look at all these phonies. And my mom's like, what do you mean? And I was like, well, look at this guy. He thinks he leads the thing because he would get up and he would be the one that would start talking and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, who does this guy think he is? He's not even coming to the real reunion. He's, we let him come here. But, um, He's no longer the leader, uh, and uh, a member of the real family is now um, because we overtook him. And uh, this year, there was actually only two other people. So there's already conversations about, do we need a second location? And maybe just the second location is the only location, and maybe we just do that. Uh, That's still to be determined. But uh, that reunion is is smaller, but the people that matter the most are still there, and that's that's awesome. Not that the other people genuinely don't matter, but um, I guess I did say that, but it's okay. They're not going to listen to this either, so it's fine. <laughs> what I know that you need to know <laughs> is U.S. soccer is off to a troubling start in the qualifying campaign. We had a scoreless draw at El Salvador. Uh, which it's hard to win on the road, especially in less than ideal playing conditions like El Salvador has. 
But pair that with a home draw against Canada, and now there is a genuine concern with how the qualifying campaign has started. So much that Christian Pulisic himself came out and said, it just kind of feels like we need some new ideas. And Greg Berhalter's already not loved as the coach, and this is not helping. Uh, I don't like Greg Berhalter. I think he has done some things that are just mind-boggling at times as the manager of this uh, U.S. men's national team, and I am a-okay with getting rid of him at this point. I don't think he's going to be good for this for this team and, and score uh, a scoreless draw in El Salvador, even with not having Christian Pulisic and some other players, is unacceptable. You cannot not score in that game. And a 1-1 draw against Canada is also not acceptable. You need to be scoring goals with this team. We need, with the players we have, and the players we had in that Canada game, Pulisic was back for that, we need to be scoring more than one goal. And the fact that we can't, and it just seems like we have no real threats, uh, he's got to go. Shoot him to the moon? Maybe just invite him to be an analyst like we did Bruce Arena that time. He didn't get us to qualify for the World Cup. Well, I've missed all that, but that's not fun to hear. I I do like the World Cup a lot more when we're in it. I think I still think we're going to make it. It's just not... After seeing what we did in the Gold Cup with our B team, it kind of made me excited. And now it's like Greg Berhalter is scared to use something good. Like, he was given, he showed he could drive, you know, the hand-me-down car. And he got a Ferrari, and now he's scared to drive. And I'm just like, look, this is the better vehicle. Like, just drive it. But whatever. Um, what do you know that we need to know, Leland? Major League Baseball. They're still playing baseball games. I'm not, I'm not sure if all our listeners know that because we don't really talk about baseball anymore because football takes over. But just to kind of update everybody, Tampa Bay kind of running away with that division, and it's leaving the Yankees in Boston right there at the line for the wild card, trying to hold off Toronto and Seattle and Oakland. Um, obviously, we're all rooting against New York. New York's that team, they went on a tear there. We laughed at them at the trade deadline, like, sure, yeah, go get all these guys and still not make the playoffs. Well, then they, you know, made a huge run, and now they're looking pretty good for playoffs. But I still want to leave them in that wild card spot because I don't, I don't want to. Well, I mean, you said. Well, they could drop out. They could drop out. That's fine. But it's not like they're going to win the division is what I'm saying. They're 10 games out from the division, so we don't really have to worry about that. And so, hey, at least they can make that wild card and maybe just lose that one game. You say they're on a tear, but, I mean, they have lost four straight. They lost a series to the Orioles They this had been on a tear. Yes. I, I meant yes, 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 they, yes, yes. they had torn, and now they're like two and eight in their last ten. So, yeah, I'm losing to terrible teams like the Orioles. So Yeah, who are bad for baseball and just totally <laughs> unacceptable. But the division in the American is Tampa Bay, Houston, and the White Sox. Um, so we'll see what we get from that. Over in the NL, things got interesting because the Dodgers overtook San Francisco for that division lead momentarily. And they're still, uh, you know, I think like a half game apart mm-hmm. from each other. Uh, so that's pretty cool uh, with the NL West. 
we thought the Dodgers and Padres were going to kind of do that. And the Giants have been great all season. Padres are trying to hold on to a wild card spot. The Dodgers kind of have their wild card spot sewn up. They have a 14 game lead for that uh, for for that first wild card. Um, but that second wild card still up for grabs. San Diego, Cincinnati, Philadelphia, pretty much the teams in contention for that. Philadelphia has like the easiest schedule of all those teams, uh, and yet they still haven't found a way to really tear it up as they as much as they need to. Uh, San Diego still holding on there, and Cincinnati right in the middle there. So uh, that's the final push that we'll see here. Uh, the wild card will be the most interesting there. Uh, the the NL East is contended there with Atlanta currently leading it, but that same Cincinnati team right there knocking on the door of it. Philadelphia. Um, and uh, excuse me, Philadelphia. Sorry. I just, I just yep. blanked. I know what you did, but, yeah. um, but uh, you know, and then Milwaukee in the central, which uh, I think, I think I had St. Louis winning that division in our preseason picks. So Milwaukee doing better than I've kind of paid attention to all season and then San Francisco there. So that's the playoffs that we're headed towards. Um, I know our podcast enough to know that we're not going to probably hammer this in September, but we will definitely be talking a lot about playoff baseball when it gets there right now. If you had to pick a winner for winning it all, who would you pick? I don't care who you picked before just right now, me asking the question, who do you got or who do you think not? Who do you want? Who do you think will win it all? I still think the Dodgers, if I had to pick one. Yep, I agree. I don't even I think, think the, I don't think the Padres are going to make the playoffs. I think the Reds will overtake them. And I think the Yankees and the Red Sox will play in the highest rated wild card matchup. And then they will lose to the Tampa Bay Rays. I, I like the White Sox to actually come out of that, the American League at this oh. point. And that is going to be in spite of Tony La Russa. Yeah, I, would, that's, I was trying to figure out how to, to combat that together. A pro, the problem for San Diego is I think that's the team I kind of, I just kind of like to root for. They're not my team, but I just kind of like to root for them right now because they're fun to watch. I mean, they play the Dodgers and the Giants, and then they play the Giants, and then they play the Braves, and then they play the Dodgers. Like they have the hardest schedule of the three teams. So still in the hard, race. so yeah. hard. So yeah, it's going to be tough for them to to overcome this. But hey, San, the San Francisco and LA don't need a lot of wins to to be in their respective spots for the playoffs. So maybe maybe they'll just have to put off the gas or something. <laughs> well, I mean, the Padres are still only a half a game ahead of the Reds, which is going to be their yeah. problem. Like the Reds have an easier schedule than the Padres by quite a bit, and yeah. I think the, they get to play like, the Pirates and stuff. Yeah, um, even though the the Padres technically have the Diamondbacks in that division, I think they've played them almost all the times they're going to play them. Padres don't have the Diamondbacks left. Okay, so yeah, they're done. That's not good. No, seriously. I only left out two series of what I said. I, I, I said they're playing the Angels uh, these two days right here. Mm-hmm. Then they play the Dodgers, then the Giants, and then they play the Cardinals. That was one I left out. And then they play the Giants, the Braves, and the Dodgers. Like, that's the rest of their games. I've just – it's the Cardinals and the Angels are the only teams that aren't very much playoff team. <laughs> and the Reds will also be playing the Cardinals. 
I'm trying to yeah. find the red schedule here now because my computer's being annoying. But um, yeah, it's just for me like the series they're in now, right, is the Cubs series. So Cubs actually have been winning some games, which is the shocker. Like I just, whew. yeah, but they they lost like tonight to the Reds. Yeah, they lost tonight to the Reds. And then the other thing for the Reds is, I mean, it's just you look at that NL Central. It's not nearly as good as I thought it was going to be this year. And, um, I mean, they've got the Nats. The... So they're playing the Cubs right now. Then they play the Cardinals. Two series then it's against Pittsburgh. The, <laughs> three three yeah, series. <laughs> the Pirates. The Dodgers will be tough. But after that, it's the Pirates, the Nats, and the White Sox. They have three series against Pittsburgh. They play nine games against Pittsburgh. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So that's the problem that they're going to run into is that the Reds are playing, yeah, like you said, the Pirates nine times. And the Nats are in there. The Pirates and the Nats and the Cardinals are just, that's going to be hard when there's only a half game between them. That's going to be hard to make up that difference when you're playing the Dodgers, I think you said three times and the Giants twice, or three times. I might have gotten those mixed up. But I think them... they play the Giants twice and the Dodgers twice. Oh, well, that's not good. No. So that's why I think the Reds overtake the Padres. Maybe not necessarily that they're a better team, but they've got a better schedule. Hey, as long as it's not the Phillies. Isn't that right, John Leonard? Oh, he's going to block us. But um... <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening this week. Uh, we'll be back with more sports that you, the Augusta County sport, sports fan, care about next week. If in the meantime you would like to follow us on uh, Twitter or Facebook, we're at Yak Sports. At Yak Sports Pod is the way to find us. Email us yaksportspod at gmail. Make sure you're subscribed to us so you get us anytime we come out. Or if Virginia Tech wins some monumental game, we have to shoot out a great podcast right on the fly. Which I don't know what we're set up for that, but. Um, <laughs> we don't have those games ahead of us, but Hey, if you always want to make sure you're getting us in your ears, when you can have us Podbean, Apple, Google, Spotify, there's even other podcast venues. I didn't even know we were on that. I found us on recently. So wherever you're listening to podcasts, you can probably find us. Um, and if there's some kind of one that you think we should be on that we're not, let me know. And I'll see if we can get us on there. Um, we should be having some kind of, uh, yak sports pod, uh, NFL pick them or something going on here. We've done that the last couple of years where the winner can come on the podcast. Uh, we'll try to get that set up here quick and, um, and anything else we can throw out there. We'll, we'll make sure you check in Twitter for that. Cause we'll post that on Twitter, try to get everybody involved uh, with the season starting right here. And we'll be back next week to talk about all the same stuff, but with uh, updated games next week, that's what's great about the football season that we're finally into. We'll talk to you then. You've been listening to Yak Sports, your Augusta County sports podcast.